This is Sandra Beck, and I'm an internet brand strategist for 20 years with CBS, Disney, and the United States military, live on Act Local Marketing for Small Businesses. Act Local Marketing for Small Business, episode 130. There's no stopping us right now. I feel so close to you right now. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Whether you need help with online media, social media, video, or mobile marketing, Act Local will guide you into the 21st century with easy tips, tricks, and techniques that get your local business seen and heard. Each week, Kaylin features a new tip you can use today, as well as a range of guest experts who are passionate about helping local business owners thrive. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. This is episode 130, and I'm the boomer gal, Kaylin Amadio. Every week here at Act Local Marketing, I share a strategy with you called Today's Takeaway, where you get at least one action item that you could walk away with right now to implement and grow your business. I also invite a special guest expert to help you with some aspect of growth within your business. And today's guest is a, he's a uh, successful veteran entrepreneur who is ready to share some very serious wisdom with you today. So stay tuned. My guest and I today are going to speak about this in detail, but I want to give you a head start, little heads up right now. Mastermind groups. That's right. I said mastermind groups. While we'll explore what they are and what they can do for your life and your business, I want to take the time to share with you what they are not. According to the Success Alliance, a mastermind group is not a class. It's not a one-time, weekly, or monthly classroom experience where you go to specifically learn new things. A mastermind group is also not a group coaching experience. If you've been in a group coaching program, you know that there is a facilitator that we refer to as the coach, and they teach you their particular methods for dealing with the subject at hand, whatever that subject happens to be that you're getting coaching on. And finally, a mastermind group is not a networking group. Now, could networking occur in a mastermind group? Of course it can. A referral can occur from any group you belong to, including your church, temple, or mosque, your PTA, or your neighborhood association. Let's get to today's takeaway. I promised you an action item that you could take with you now that'll help you grow your business. So here it is. Jim Rohn said that you are the average of the five people you spend the most time with. It's not a new concept. Birds of a feather flock together. You can know a man by the company he keeps. If you lie down with dogs, you'll wake up with fleas. You've heard those sayings. You get where I'm headed, right? Here's your takeaway. Are the five people you spend the most time with conducive to helping you reach your business goals? Are they supportive and generous? 
Or are they constantly pointing out the flaws and telling you what you're doing is an impossible waste of time? Give it some serious thought. It may be time to find five new people to hang with. People who believe you believe in your goals and are willing to help you achieve them. Hey, it's just a thought. Drop me a line to ask at actlocalmarketing.com and I'll help you figure out if your five are right for you. And that is today's takeaway. Please connect with me. Find me on Facebook or Twitter or Google Plus and follow me so I can get to know you better. And please tell your social media followers about Act Local Marketing. Subscribe to the podcast and leave me a review on iTunes. Those reviews will get me noticed so I can help more busy boomer business owners like you expand the economy by growing their business. And it's time for a short break. But when we get back, my guest today, Aaron Walker, is here. He's got a clean piece of chalk, and he's stepping to the front of the room. So stay tuned. I feel so close to you right now. Act Local is the place where busy entrepreneurs like you gain more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the Internet gives them the power to bring their business to the next level. Kaylin returns after a short break with more strategies and techniques to develop your inner warrior. We'll be right back. Hey, Act Local fans, this is Kaylin Amadio, and I have an exciting announcement. Today, October 7th, 2014, I'm launching a new podcast to celebrate the realization of a dream. You've heard me speak often on Act Local about the book I've been writing. Well, that book is becoming a reality. I have a contract to publish The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media. Soon, baby boomers everywhere will have all my strategies and guidelines in one swell book that'll help them build a map to social media success. To help promote The Boomer's Ultimate Guide to Social Media and subsequent books in this series, I've put together The Boomer's Ultimate Guide podcast, where boomers like me and like you can come together to learn, share, and grow a thriving business and a vibrant life. This podcast is 30 minutes in length and comes in both audio and video formats. I interview guest experts on business, finance, health, wellness, longevity, food, sex, dating, and more. You don't want to miss this next chapter in my life because I'm going to help you live yours more fully. Check out Boomer's Ultimate Guide Podcast. Welcome to Act Local, marketing for small business with your host, Kaylin Amadio. Kaylin helps smart, savvy, and motivated business owners like you kick it up a notch online, even if you've tried and been disappointed before, or technology just isn't your thing. Act Local will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. And now here's your host, digital media maven, Kaylin Amadio. Welcome back. This is Kaylin Amadio, and you are listening to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. And I want to introduce you to today's special guest, Aaron Walker is without question a veteran entrepreneur. Starting his first business at the age of 18 and selling to a Fortune 500 company nine short years later, 
demonstrates Aaron's passion for succeeding. Unwilling to rest on past success, however, he started, bought, and sold eight successful companies over the past 36 years. A strong desire for personal development has kept Aaron in a weekly mastermind group for more than a decade with notables like Dave Ramsey, Dan Miller, Ken Abraham, and seven other uh, notable Nashvillians. We've got to make sure that you know they're all notable Nashvillians. Aaron has enjoyed a 35-year marriage with his beautiful wife, Robin, and today he spends the majority of his time helping men grow in success and significance as president and founder of View from the Top, a premier life and business coaching resource. So, Aaron, welcome to Act Local Marketing for Small Business. Thanks, Kaylin. I really appreciate you having me on. I was listening to that bio, and you said nine short years later he sold his business. Man, it didn't seem like nine short years going through that. It was hard work. And when you said it, it was like, hey, that was just yesterday. So I guess it was pretty quick. So thank you for having me on your show. Absolutely. Well, you know, the older you get, nine years doesn't seem very long. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. I, I think in some ways it's a, both a gift and a curse. Right, right. You're exactly <laughs> right. It goes by pretty quick, quite honestly. We need to be savoring the moment. Yes, absolutely. Especially uh, when you're married and you have children and you got to savor all those moments. So I give people a, a very brief little background about you. But when I meet someone for the first time on the podcast, I like to collect what I call their entrepreneurial journey. So in in a nutshell... So I don't want I don't want you to be talking for an hour. I don't want to tire you out. But could you just give us your entrepreneurial journey? Get fill in some of the missing details for sure. us. Sure. No, I'd be happy to. Thank you for this opportunity. I started really early, Kaylin. When I was 13 years old, I went to work in a local shop in Nashville. I'm a Nashville native, and I fell in love with the business at 15 years old. Decided I wanted to do the pawn shop business for a career. And I went to summer school and night school for a couple of years, had enough credits at the end of the 10th grade. I look back now and think that is unbelievable. I didn't have to go my junior and senior year in school. I took all my classes early. I met a couple of guys in the course of that time that were buying large amounts of diamonds and gold from me. They were kind of hedging against inflation. They owned the 21st largest property and casualty business in the country at the time and they were investing in diamonds and gold and I'd been selling them large amounts. And I went to them one day and said, Hey, I don't have any money, but I've got a little bit of experience. Would you guys consider going into partners with me and we'll open our own store? Well, a couple of months later we went through the process and they agreed to it. And I look back and think now that's unbelievable to me. I was 18 years old at the time. I had nothing to lose, right? I had nothing Uh, at all at risk. I just went to the bank, signed the note with these guys, and we're off to the races. But the Lord really blessed our business, and it did extremely well. We paid off a 10-year loan in 36 months. We poured all the money back into the company. When I was 21, we bought our second store, 25 or third. When I was 26, we opened our fourth store in a company in Fort Worth, Texas. It was a Fortune 500 company called Cash America. They were growing through acquisition and they came to Nashville and, you know, they uh, had the magic number. And so they said, we'll give you this for your business. And a couple of weeks later, I woke up one morning with nothing to do. And that is (laughs) absolutely how fast it happened. And Robin and I decided we were going to go to Naples, Florida and spend the summer with our two kids. 
And Kaylin, what I really found out really quick is how bored you can get with no purpose. <laughs> yes. And so we lasted three weeks in Naples, Florida, instead of three months. And we came back and I found myself getting very depressed and very bored. I was getting in the bed in the middle of the day and I gained 50 pounds in 18 months. I was playing golf with guys that were 65 and 70 years old every day. And I thought, well, I'm 27. You know, this is not a lot of fun, quite honestly. Plus, they were beating me and that made it worse. <laughs> and so Robin told me one day, she said, you know, you really, you're going to have to do something. I don't care what you do, get a job or open another business. And so I did. I went back to the place I started when I was a child and I bought 50% of the company and we shared the next 10 years. I'd work three days a week. He'd work the other three. And we grew a very, very successful and profitable business. And then, Kaylin, in August of 2001, I was headed to the office. It's about 7.30 in the morning. And a pedestrian was crossing the street to catch a bus. And he kind of paused in the middle of the road waiting on me to pass. And just as I got to him, I don't know if he thought he was going to miss the bus or he didn't see me or what happened, but he took off running and it was a horrific automobile accident. I hit the pedestrian and I stopped and uh, finally got my composure enough to call 911. The ambulance came and he lived three days in the Vanderbilt trauma unit and it absolutely rocked my world. And I thought, you know, I've been chasing money. I've been opening stores. I've been all about success and uh, went to my partner and I said, I've had enough, you know, I don't have to work. And then I'm just going to take a break. So I sold the business to him. And Robin and I spent the next five years, we built another house, kind of change of scenery. We traveled extensively, and I tried to regather my thoughts and reinvent myself. And then we went into the construction business, and we spent eight years building a successful construction company. We took it to number one builder three consecutive years here in Middle Tennessee. And then at 50, for the third and final time, I retired I said, I've retired more than the law will allow. And uh, I started coaching. So now I coach men every day. I lead mastermind groups. I've started what's called the community that you can belong to. It's part of my tribe. And now we have uh, national and international clients. And I'm having probably the most enjoyable time of my entire life right now coaching men. So We'll go back in a few minutes if you'd like, and we'll talk about what I discovered during that five-year interim break and how I've now changed the paradigm of my life to focus on significance uh, and not only success. Wow. I, I have so many questions for you. So first of all, in case people don't know this, right, because not, not everyone would necessarily, explain for people what a mastermind group is for those who don't know. Sure. I've been involved in masterminds now for about two decades. And back uh, early on in 1995, I met Dave Ramsey when nobody knew who Dave Ramsey was. He gave me advertising to try him. And so I tried him for a week. And since then, I've been on this show every day for the past two decades, either a company I've owned or own advertising in his market. And we've become very good friends. And Dave invited me to join his personal mastermind group at which we spent 10 or 12 years meeting in his office with 10 other guys. And we meet every Wednesday morning at 7 o'clock. We study and read books together. Everyone in there is very avid readers because we don't wake up smarter, right? We have to read something. And so we really study a lot, hundreds of books we've read over the years. And in that process, we do life together. It's not just about reading or 
it's moving the needle in our business, but it's about being men that have high character, very honest, men of integrity that can uh, be the men at home that we should be. We can be the dads that we should be, and we can run profitable companies, but we can do it from high morals and values. And so these guys come together on a weekly basis to encourage, empower, uh, to hold each other accountable in the processes in our personal and our business life. So do you think everyone should be part of a mastermind group? I wouldn't be without a mastermind group. That's just personal opinion. There's a lot of very famous people that will attribute their worth to their mastermind group, Carnegie being one of them, Napoleon Hill. There's numbers of people that you can trace back. The reason, Kaylin, is because we don't know everything, right? Other people see us differently than we see ourselves. Plus, we have blind spots. Recently, I was going to do a business deal. And I thought it was a great idea. I told my wife about it. And she said, well, why don't you go and poll your guys, you know, and see what they think. So individually, I took them to lunch or we went and had coffee, talked to 12 different guys. 11 of the 12 told me not to do it. Mm. And I'm like, why? And so each individual person gave me uh, the reason that I shouldn't do it. And I never would have thought of probably five or six of seeing it from their perspective, looking at it through the lens that, They've had experiences of something similar. So it probably saved me not only money, but doing something that I probably wouldn't have enjoyed. They told me it would change the dynamics of some relationships I was involved in. I had never done this process before. Uh, And so it really worked out for the betterment. So I could sit here the rest of the day and give you examples like that, that those guys have uh, taken me down a path that's been successful. Here's the thing. If you go ask a family member something you should do, they're probably going to stick their finger in the air and check the temperature and the way the wind's Mm -hmm. blowing, and they're going to side with you because they want to do and agree with you what you want to do. If you go to a business partner, he's going to do the same from his vantage point. Whatever's best for him normally is what they're going to do. But if you go to a trusted advisor that has no skin in the game, they're non-biased, and you've spent a lot of time with them and they care about you, now they're going to give you an honest answer. And I want to know the truth in whatever I'm dealing with. Like I tell people, if you want to feel warm and fuzzy, buy a puppy, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to know the truth, invest in long-term relationships and get advice from people that care about you and want to help you uh, grow forward and do the right thing. Right. Now, most of the time when I hear the term mastermind group, it's in a business, you know, parlance. People think of it in terms of business. But it seems to me what you're describing would be valuable for people, whether they're working, you know, or have a business or not. You know, a group of moms, for example, right? Stay-at-home moms could could be running a, a mastermind group. Well, how great would it be to have situations with your children at whatever age? You've not been there before, Right. Mm -hmm. And if you've got people in your group that are just ahead of you, you know, a few just behind you. So you can learn from the ones ahead of you. You can teach the ones behind you. Recently, one of my clients came to me and said, I've got a problem with my son. He's nine years old and he's acting up and I don't know what to do. I've never been here. So we talked about it at length. I told him some things to do and he went and did it. And he came back and he said, it's amazing. I mean, it worked. And I'm like, well, good. Okay. So that's what we can do in these mastermind groups is that we can just help each other. We can encourage each other. We can take them down a path that they've not been yet. 
Right. And I, I can't remember who said this, so I can't attribute the quote. Maybe you'll know. But I've heard it many, many times, and that is that you are sort of the composite of the five people you spend the most time with. Yeah, Napoleon, you, Napoleon Hill. Okay, Napoleon Hill said that. Yeah. And it's it's very true. Absolutely, it's true. No question about it. Yeah. You and are the average of the five people you spend the most time right, with. Right, right. Yeah. So um, when you talk about a, a mastermind group and surrounding yourself with people who you admire, right, who have uh, other points of view and who have done things that maybe you haven't done, you you really are elevating who you are as a human being. Yeah, and there's a big element to that, which is the accountability, because I don't want to go into a group with 10 or 12 other successful men and state my claim, share my dreams, and lay out on the table the goals that I have, and then not follow through, because I have other men are going to be saying, did you get this accomplished? Did you do this task? Mm -hmm. Did you do these things that you proclaimed you were going to do? Well, I certainly don't want to go in there and say, no, I was too lazy to do it. And I was watching reruns of Oprah, so I didn't get to it. I don't want to do that. So as a result of that accountability, probably going to be significantly uh, impacted with the results. And so I'm going to do it again. And so therefore success comes out of it. Right. And so the accountability part is huge in mastermind groups. Now you had mentioned before that of all of these different businesses you've had and these experiences that you've had, you now are focused on success and significance, correct? That's exactly right. Yeah. What would you tell me when I ask you, how do I live a successful and significant life? Well, some of the things and success can be defined in many, many areas for different people, right? It wouldn't be fair for me to say, well, this is, the identity of success. I mean, if you do this, then you're successful. We each have to make that determination on our own. I will kind of mention a couple of things that I think about when it comes to success. I think that we all want financial freedom and stability. I think whoever you are, you want to have those things. For me, I discovered that having an engaging family and meaningful relationships was very, very important because I have a wife now of 35 years and I want to, you know, go a long time with her. I'm young, I'm 54, so we got a long way to go. And for me, success is going to be living a life of having an engaging relationship with my wife and my family. One of the third things, or the next thing I would say that would be important to me is to have a clear conscience. Because I know a lot of the times people will do things and they'll question it. They'll you know, rationalize some of the things that they do. So this mastermind group helps you because you can go to them with ethical questions or moral questions. And Mm -hmm. I want to have a clear conscience. One of the things I told you earlier, I gained 50 pounds in 18 months, which is absurd. Your health, right? And now, you know, I weighed the other day and I've lost 41 pounds since last November and I've gotten myself back in shape. I weigh what I did when I got married when I was 19. And so for the first time in 35 years, you know, my health is probably as good as it's been. So success to me is that. Another thing that people really miss the mark on, and I see men do it every day, is they're not content. And I help guys get content but not become complacent. And they're two entirely different things. You know, happiness is a choice, not a trait. And I teach people to be happy in their present situation because it may not change or it could change if you elect for it to. Keep moving the needle. Keep going forward. Don't get complacent. 
But I absolutely think that we can be content in our present situation without being complacent. I know I like to have a clear sense of direction. I don't know how you run your business in your life, but don't you like to know where you're going? Absolutely. So f- yeah. for, me, for me, success would be having a clear sense of direction. I like to have dreams and I like to establish goals. Uh, I'm a Christ follower. I'm a Christian by faith. And so I like to trust in a higher power. I like to know that uh, the Holy Spirit is leading me in the decisions that I make. I like to have meaning and purpose in my life. I like to have a reason. See, I didn't have a reason to get out of the bed. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any meaning in my personal life, and I didn't have any purpose to help others. And then at the end of the day, like everybody, I want to leave a legacy, and I want to be considered a wise person. And in order to do that, I have to be successful in a lot of arenas because it takes time to be a wise person. And so I want to invest in the long-term benefits of reading, masterminding, successful businesses, and then I want to be considered wise at the end of the day. But those things are entirely different from my perspective than being significant. And if you'd like, I'd like to share a couple of things that I consider significant. Sure. Absolutely. Well, one is meeting the needs of others. And see, what I did for the first half of my business career is everything was about me. Everything I did, it was another business, it was another house, it was a vacation home, it was a nicer car, it was a bigger boat. I was really self-absorbed. I was really looking internal rather than external. And what I came to discover is every time I reached that plateau, I would move the bar. Mm-hmm. It, did, it didn't do it for me any longer. The, the house was nice, but it could be nicer. The next house, well, this is really cool, but if I continue to make this much money, I could get a nicer house. And then I found out that nothing filled that void. And so I discovered that being significant meant helping other people. So looking outward, helping others when they can't repay you. A lot of the times our motivation is doing something for somebody because you know down the road you're going to want something or you're going to need something. Mm -hmm. And so you do something nice. For me, that's just the wrong motivation. I want to be able to help others when they can't repay me. The other thing is we all use this excuse. We're busy, right? I just don't have time. I can't do it. Well, for me, I want to say I'm going to put off what's important to me today in order to go help somebody and aid them in accomplishing their goals and dreams, even when it's not convenient. Now I've really done it out of the right, pure motivation. In all of my businesses, we have always done what I'm about to say, and that's to give above and beyond the expected amount or the minimal requirement. I always want to give more than the person is paying for. I always want to leave a little something extra that they didn't anticipate. And people are expected to get shafted these days. They're not expecting to get more. And then I want to place a couple more things I'll just say, and then we'll break them down, is I want to place my personal wants and desires aside for the benefit of others. And that is very difficult to do at times because by nature, we're a little bit selfish. And in order to place our personal wants and desires aside for the benefit of others, takes a lot of work. And the last couple of things I'll just mention is I want to deprive myself for the sake of those that I can help the most. And then I want to delay my personal gratification for the greater good. And I want to have the ability to look long-term and invest in other people that could impact their family tree and change generations to come. So you can do both. See, what I thought initially 
is that you could only do one. You had to pick one or the other. You had to be missions-minded and charitable, or you could be an entrepreneur and be successful. Mm -hmm. And what I have discovered through this process is you can have both. You can be hugely successful financially, and you can also be hugely successful significantly. Wow. That... And I have to say, honestly, that I still fall in the that latter camp. I feel like I, I can't necessarily do both. I can't be mission-minded at the same time that I'm being success-minded. It's either one or the other at given times in my life, right? Yeah, it's a fallacy, though. It's, 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 it's not true. We can. I look at people like Truett Cathy. I look at people like David Green with Hobby Lobby. They're going into cities now, and they're buying depressed property for pennies on the dollar. It's a, it's, a, it's genius what they're doing. They're going in and buying like in, you know, certain areas of depressed cities, and they're buying property for pennies on the dollar. They're spending millions of dollars renovating the property. They're getting the property appraised at fair market value, giving the property back to the city, and they're saving it in the tax savings. Mm. I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, so... There, there's just so many things like that that we'll investigate and find out that we can be beneficial to ourselves at the same time be significant for others. Right. I was also glad to hear you say, I wasn't really looking for a definition of, you know, success that would blanketly apply to everyone sure. because, it, you know, that's impossible. No, no, we can't do that. But one thing that I, I've started to learn, and too bad it's taken me, you know, 50 plus years to figure it out, but that... I think for a very long time, my definition of success was wrong, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So how would you counsel someone on how to craft their personal definition for success? Well, here's what I do. Uh, I was asked that question a number of times. It's um, kind of funny that you're asking me here. But I was asked that so many times that I wrote a paper on it, and it's it's called What Do I Want?, and we'll get to it in a few minutes because I'm going to give it to your audience. So anyway, th- this paper is called What Do I Want? And Robin and I, our whole marriage, we've sat on the front porch of wherever house we've owned at the time. And we said, what do we want our life to look like a month from now, six months from now, five years from now when we retire? What do we've got to do in order to obtain that kind of life? And they're simple questions. They're very elementary until you try to answer them. You know, some of the questions on this document are like, if I were to wake up tomorrow, finances or the geographic location in which I'm at was not an issue, what would I do with my life, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So very simple questions, but very profound. And what we've elected to do was to design a life that we wanted to live as a couple, not based on what our friends did, our family We've elected to live our life intentionally and live it on purpose and design that life for us. So success for us may look way different than others. We had just a little backstory. Uh, when our children moved out and they got married and had their own children, we had a big house that we had built. Very beautiful, on top of a hill, seven or eight acres. You know, we had, it, was, it was. It was beautiful. But we said we're a slave to this house. We're absolutely spending every weekend here taking care of it. We don't need this much room. We don't need this much parking. We don't need all this. So we sold it, and we bought a house the third of the cost, less than half the size. And our friend said, wow, you traded that house for this house. And we said, yeah, we love it because it's nestled back in the woods, got a quarter acre of grass, and we're not a slave to it any longer. See, the time was more important to me 
than the prestige of owning the house or the money. And now I can go to my grandchildren's ball games on the weekends and I don't have to worry about taking care of all that property. So for us, success was having it at first. And now success for us is not having it. We're at different stages in our life. And I'm one of your audience. I'm one of the boomers, you know. And so I've got to look at what the rest of my life is going to look like. And I've got to intentionally design how I want to live it. So for me, that is success, getting my time back, getting rid of the big house. Right. You know, I realized that what my mistake was in terms of success for a very long time was comparing myself to others, mm. right? So looking yeah. at what someone else was accomplishing and saying, well, I haven't been able to do that, so therefore I must not be successful, mm-hmm. right? So, you know, how do you stop yourself from making those comparisons? Well, there's always a comparison. It doesn't matter who you are or what you have. Someone else has got more or someone else has got less. It just depends on who you're comparing yourself to. But what I wanted to do was stop that, to say it's not their life. A lot of people think our friends are talking about us, right? That's one of the biggest fears. And I call it the 1845-60 rule. And here's what it means. At 18, everybody's talking about us, right? (laughs) At 45, we don't care anymore. And at 60, we find out they weren't talking about us to begin with. <laughs> right, right. Well, here's the thing. If you think people are sitting around their dinner table discussing your failures and your successes, we're badly mistaken. I promise you, they're not talking about you. They absolutely are not talking about you. So that fear paralyzes people. They think, I don't measure up to Billy. I don't measure up to Susie. Billy's got a nicer car. Susie's got a faster boat. I wished I had that house. It's like, no, we cannot do that. We have got to rest within ourselves, enjoy the life that we want to live, craft that life. I also have what's called a personal assessment. I wrote this a couple years ago. It's where you look at yourself. It's kind of an introspection. It's about 30, 35 questions. It's not to share with anyone else. It's to answer these questions honestly. The third document that I created is called Steps to a Productive Day. Once you learn who you are, and then you decide what you want, then I give you, it's kind of like a to-dos list on steroids. It's like every day, how you start out your morning, what you must get accomplished, any social media that you must perform that day, things that need to be taken care of, etc. It's just a very, very complex to-do list. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, you become very productive and you get the things you want and you live the life intentionally. Well, what we've done is I've created a landing page called viewfromthetop.com forward slash act local marketing, all lowercase. And I've made these for free, no charge. You go there, download every one of those documents, and hopefully it'll be a catalyst to help you propel your life forward. Nice. So now just give us that uh, URL again. Sure. It's viewfromthetop.com forward slash act local marketing got it I was all lowercase right i was writing it down while you yep. said view we, from the top.com forward slash act local marketing and they're free how's that <laughs> there you There's go no, no, no charge nothing, yeah nothing better than free i i always used to frustrate my children because uh, i would say to them nothing is free right everything costs something Call somebody to, something, right? Right. I was trying to, you know, teach them a lesson, and they and sure. they would, you know, they were always trying to find the one thing that was truly free, right. and I was always telling them, 
you know, a reason why in reality it wasn't, right? There's right. a there's always some sort of exchange going right. on. And I don't just mean money. You know, oh, there's sure. always some exchange yeah, of you know, energy is. of this for that. Nothing I went in is my, truly free. I went in my daughter's bedroom when she was a child. I don't know how old she was. She was probably ten or eleven years old and you know, they left every light in the house on everywhere. You know, it's <laughs> yes. like I'd go in, turn the lights out, you know, and my daughter said, well, I'm going back in there. I said, well, listen, money doesn't grow on trees. You think this is free? And she looked at me and she said, well, I, what do you mean? And I said, well, we have to pay for electricity. I said, never mind. I'll explain it to you later. <laughs> she didn't even know, you know, it wasn't even you know, on her radar that we yeah. were having to pay for electricity, but yeah. that was my fault. <laughs> or the water that comes out of the tap. Yeah, yeah, you know? yeah. There's charges here. Yeah, right. taking the long hot shower. Right, I'm like, no, right. wait, you don't get it. We had to heat that water. That, right. that took uh, that took some energy. capacity there. Some energy. Uh Aaron, it's been wonderful talking to you today. Well, I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. I just want everyone to know that you can absolutely live a life that you design. It can be lived successfully very successfully, and it can be lived very significantly. I would like to end with one little story that proves the worth of living a significant life. Sure. Years ago, there was a junior high school that I went to. It's called Neely's Bend Junior High School, and I absolutely love that school. I love the teachers that were there. Most of the teachers there taught because they wanted to teach, not because they had to teach, and they loved the children. And uh, I absolutely fell in love with that school. So Robin and I decided we were going to do something a little bit different because I love to do different things. I like to think outside the box. I don't like to do traditional, conventional. So we went to the school principal and we talked to him. We said, this is what we want to do. We want to give a college scholarship, a small college scholarship, and we're going to give it to eighth graders. And we're not going to give it to the person that has the highest GPA. We're going to give it to the person that you as teachers think is trying the hardest. So y'all get together collectively and you pick one student every year and we're going to give them the Aaron Walker Scholarship Award. And I would like to come back to the school and make the presentation. I'd like to give a speech as to what the school has meant to me. And we did that for years and we tracked those students and those students went on then and became officers in the military, nurses. These were children that didn't have an opportunity before. It gave them hope. The small scholarship gave them hope because they could use that towards their education. And all I'm saying is not to boast, but to challenge you. There's things that you can do in your community to impact people that could impact generations to come. So I would just encourage your listeners Look at yourself, do good for your family, but look outward and help those that are around you. That, that's a, a very nice sentiment. I like that. You know, there's something that I want to share with you that I think you'll really appreciate. I've studied uh, Taekwondo for over 10 years. Mm -hmm. And my uh, master, as you know, they're called in martial arts, right. has a saying that, that I think you'll like. He always encouraged us to, um, to give without remembering, but to mm -hmm. always receive without forgetting. Wow, that's powerful. Yeah. That's really you're good. Ju you're just the man to appreciate it. I can yeah, that was really good. I like that. Thank you for sharing that. You're quite welcome. And Aaron Walker, it has been wonderful talking to you. Thank you so much for uh, spending time with us on Act Local Marketing today. Thank you for having me on. Have a good day. Sure, you too. And those of you out there listening, 
This is Act Local, marketing for small business, where every Tuesday afternoon, you know, you get another wonderful interview with people like Aaron Walker at 1 p.m. Eastern Time. So until next time, I would very much like you to take care. Join Kaylin for more marketing madness each week on Act Local Marketing. It will leave you with more ideas, more understanding, and more knowledge about why and how harnessing the internet gives you the power to bring your business to the next level. Act Local Marketing for Small Business goes live every Tuesday at 1 p.m. Eastern and can be found on iTunes, Stitcher, Podbean, and at actlocalmarketing.com. Have a question for Act Local? Email Kaylin at ask at actlocalmarketing.com. That's A-S-K at actlocalmarketing.com. And she may answer you right on air. Make sure to include your name and business website for a free shout out. Don't forget to tell your friends and colleagues about Act Local and leave Kaylin a review at the iTunes store. See you next time on Act Local Marketing for Small Business.